So welcome to the Cult of Domesticity podcast, where two best friends tell each other stories about history to cr- true crime and other shenanigans. <laughs> I'm Courtney. I'm Ashley. Um, Ashley, how's your week been? Good. I had three days off in a row. Like, this is day three of three. I don't know what to do with myself. Did you say sac- it's good? Did you sacrifice something to someone? Um, just a small child. So that'd probably be it. Oh, okay. That yeah, that would definitely do that. You know, <laughs> yeah, that would do it. I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> you could go get the next one. Yep. Uh, New schedules coming out all the time. That's a lot of small children of to go through. Then I mean, it's a weekly schedule, so four a month. Yeah, that's kind of a high rate. You're gonna get. You're gonna catch on to me here pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> we probably shouldn't be talking about that. Nope. Nope. We should not. <laughs> That was sarcasm. <laughs> there have been no small child sacrifices. Nope. Maybe probably because you're a Catholic, just light a candle or something. Yeah, you know, a couple of rosaries. This is fine. Say some Hail Marys. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, no, I liked your Fifty Shades of Grey commentary a lot better than that fucking football game that happened. <laughs> I'm using football game in quotations because, goddamn, we did not play at all. Yeah. But, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Mm-mm. I didn't watch that was it. Not, that was not a fucking touchdown. It wasn't. He was not a receiver. Or not a runner. He was still a receiver flying through the air when he broke the plane of the... Anyway, sorry. I have some thoughts and feelings about that game. But at least we got to play. I mean, I can't really (laughs) talk because the only football team that wins things around here is OSU. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because let's not lie. The Browns ain't winning anything. (laughs) Yeah, but you can have an undefeated defeat parade. It was too damn cold. (laughs) No one ever said it was going to be fun. It's the defeat parade. It looked really fun. I was just not going out there because it was it was like single digits and the, the stadium's right on the lake. By the way, doesn't have a retractable roof. You're never going to be in that stadium. Like never. Yeah, no. That's funny. Maybe if there's a rugby game in there. How likely do you find that to be though? I want it. I want to believe I, it. I, I don't think it's going to happen, babe. I'm sorry. I want it so bad. I haven't gotten to go to a live rugby game in so long. Since you were in one? No, no. Because I went to, when there was the pro rugby league in the U.S., I went to the ones oh, in yeah. Columbus a couple times. I and they were that. fun. It was very rugby because the only two stands were, like, meat and beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Um, That's about right, too. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you, Schnitzel needed two hugs today during her walk. Aw. She loves um, cross-country skiers. Mm-hmm. mainly she loves people and like if she doesn't get attention then she needs a hug <laughs> i mean isn't that true for all of us though yeah but she'll like she, she doesn't ask she just kind of like shoves her body into yours so then i'm like <laughs> do you need a hug so i can properly hug her which means i'm picking half of her body up i mean that's how casey used to ask for hugs he would just like walk up and stare at you with his chin on your face no she doesn't do that she like body checks you a little bit oh he would do that if you're standing up though like if you're sitting down he would just come over and like put his head on your leg and go like stare at you i realize you can't see the face i just made but i made one sorry um no she just she was so sad and i'm like she was good she stopped and waited Aww. because um, yeah she we're training her to sit when yeah people come past us on the path because she she looks intimidating yeah she's a german shepherd people are like oh shit it's the police <laughs> yeah except for i had my like really heavy duty hat on today so it didn't well, look yeah, like that but it was really fucking cold <laughs> so fucking cold <laughs> but she had a great time Smelled all oh, the good. things. Pulled, like, ran across, went zigzags across the trails. <laughs> I got really paranoid because... because were in the woods. Yeah, I was in the woods. And uh, they, you like... Well, no, today is different. It's because um, normally people, co- like, they don't come to just walk themselves normally. In the winter, Whoa. it's too t- damn cold. <laughs> I was just saying, no shit, Sherlock. But, like, in the summer, it's pretty popular trail to run and stuff because there's a nice mile loop that's 
it, it moves. It's like it has different elevations, but it's gradual. It's not like you're going up steep hills and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can if you want, but the, like the ones we do, there's not. And so I, I expect to see like people and then like dog trails. But there were like a couple sets of footprints that were like just footprints by themselves. And I was just like, nope, <laughs> couldn't see. You know what face I made there. I know it exactly. It was the oh shit, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I know. This is how it ends face. And it gets bad because Schnitzel will stop and look behind us. And I'm like, shit, it's the murderer behind us. Like, no, 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 I'm out. And it ended up that I was listening to um a podcast on black eyed kids i did not realize it why do you do this to yourself it's the second time it's happened but this time it was better because it was light like the first time i did it was kind of gray outside tonight it was like today was like bright and sunny but but why why do you listen to podcasts about them like why can you not just read online articles about them like a normal person and then you could just shut the door and you're fine i will say the good thing is i know no one in my house will open the door for someone later (laughs) because we don't trust you i think that is a good thing like where we live I don't trust you. Okay, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? Sorry, got us off topic. We're gonna talk about Alexander the Great, a guy who might have not been great, but he did it in a very short time. So, <laughs> a guy who might have not been great, but his name is the Great. I love it. Okay. Well, all those things are normally added like after you die. So, and he died kind of how I want to go. But yeah. So we're gonna be using some notes, and I have Plutarch, the Age of Alexander. So we got some good primary source documentation here. Look at you with the credibility and whatnot. I I know. I found my book. I was really excited. I thought I had to go to the library. And I found my book behind another row of books because I don't have enough room on my bookshelf. So Great nerd. Don't nerd alert me. Don't want it. Don't tell me what to do, nerd. Okay, so. I'm mostly, I'm mostly just saying that because I'm jealous that I want two rows of books. But now I'm going to show up at your house one day in black contacts and knock on the door just for the hell of it. I might actually no. I realize I'm a fleer. I'm not a fighter. No, I'm neither. I just freeze. There's fight, flight, and freeze, and I am the freeze. I think I've determined anyway. the right case. I will fight. I will also flee, as both of my ghost stories I wrote for two girls when ghosts will epitomize. Both times I'm like, nope, not today, Satan. <laughs> I saw something on Tumblr like half an hour ago that it was like, not today, Satan, and then it was like, Satan says you've been canceling our plans all week if it's something i said just tell me (laughs) i was like i love this (laughs) yes quit hurting satan's feelings courtney i'm gonna keep hurting his feelings i have a sweetheart (laughs) anyways it's fine okay so alexander the great who might not be great yep uh he was born in get ready for this ashley 356 bc in Hela, the ancient capital of Macedonia. It's a good start. Yep. He's the son of Philip II of Macedonia and Olympus, the princess of the neighboring Epirus. Oh, yeah. I'm going to butcher a ton of Greek names. Get ready for it. Can't wait. Okay. So before we get into Alexander's life, we're going to read some myths about his birth because it's really okay. funny. I've heard and- a couple. And they are spectacular. Yes, this is from Plutarch's Life of Alexander. I think that's what it is. Okay, so it is said that his father, Philip, fell in love with Olympus, Alexander's mother, at a time when they were both initiated into the mysteries of Etsemethrace. He was then a young a young man and she an orphan. And after obtaining the consent of her brother, Erebus, Philip betrothed himself to her. On the night before their marriage was consummated, the bride dreamt that there was a crash of thunder and that her womb was struck by a thunderbolt. That sounds really painful. That is an awful dream. That's terrifying. Uh, and that there was, and that there followed a blinding flash from which a great sheet of flame blazed up and spread far and wide before it finally died away. 
I hope you know the face that I'm making at you right now is one of sheer horror. Like, this poor bitch. I know. Ouch. At least it's a dream. Is it, though? Because it sounds like some people thought that it wasn't, and that they thought that she could survive a lightning bolt to the uterus. I know. Then sometime after their marriage, Philip saw himself in a dream in the act of sealing up his wife's womb. Why? And upon- What kind of food were these people eating before they went to sleep? That's what I want to know. Like- they didn't have takeout pizza to blame this on. Uh, I think I'm going to blame it on all the neat wine, which is basically before, uh, like, it, in, like, the ancient times, you would just make wine and be really strong, so you'd water it down. So that's why you're watering the wine. You needed to do that because otherwise it was crazy strong and you get really fucked up. So you're saying that they just drank unwatered down wine or, like... They just were had some bad wine. They, maybe they had, you know, they were just tripping balls and some mushrooms or something. Uh, I don't that know. was my next thought was, like... Are they doing shrooms? Real talk. Or some moldy bread? I'll say yes. It's all the penicillin in the world into this poor lady's uterus. All right. Okay. okay. I'm okay with that. Let's move on. <laughs> yep. And upon the seal he had used, there was engraved, so it seemed to him, the figure of the figure of a lion, you know, because he's not sure. Uh, the sooth- soothsayers, say that five times fast, treated this dream with suspicion since it seemed to suggest that Philip needed to keep a closer watch on his wife. Like, hey, do you hear, like, the soothsayers, I think of the Doctor Who episode where he goes back to Pompeii and meets not only the the next, not the next Doctor, but meets 12 and he meets Amy, but neither of them are their characters. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's just a great episode. The only exception was Aristander of Delamus, Delamus, who declared that the woman must be pregnant since men do not seal up what is empty and that she would bring forth a son whose nature would be bold and lion-like. At another time, a serpent was seen stretched out at Olympias' side while she slept. No. That's just a no. I mean, that's one way to go with it. But <laughs> I was going to say, I guess they haven't heard of Occam's razor at that point, because none of these are the simplest solution is the most probable kind of a situation. Like, they're like, oh, you dreamt of bricking up your wife's vagina and you saw an, a lion? Like, she's definitely pregnant. No. What? No. No. That's not how that works. Sorry. I feel like, I feel like breaking up a vagina just seems really awkward. Do you it have a bunch just, of tiny bricks? Or is it just a mat? Uh, anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm just not a fan of snakes being in my bed. So, um, and it was at this more than anything else we are told, which weakens, weakened Philip's passion and cooled his affection for her. So from that time on, he seldom came to sleep with her. Basically, they ain't fucking. <laughs> the reason for this may have been that he was afraid she would cast some evil spell or charm upon him, or else he would, or else that he would recoil from her embrace because he believed she was uh, the consort of a higher being. So basically, I believe the snake, if I remember correctly, is supposed to be like um, a god. Okay. And, you know. So he's like, I'm not banging you anymore because I'm pretty sure you're banging a god. I mean, I kind of yeah. get that if you want to avoid pissing off said god, but like, maybe it's just a snake, dude. Yeah. There was I also. Could be wrong. They also thought uh, his wife, eventually, they thought she was like a witch. So basically. I mean, that could be because he was like, yeah, she totally was banging a god. Well, Alexander, we'll see how Alexander uses that later on. But remember, there are three. So she either could have gotten impregnated by lightning strike to the womb. Um, for some reason, her husband boarding up his wife's womb, uh, and, or she fucked a god in the vision of a snake. I mean, all of those are pretty badass, though. Weird, but badass. Yeah. So, from there, we're gonna step away from Plutarch. I know everyone is very upset about this. Guilty. I'm in tears now. (laughs) So, Alexander spent his childhood hanging out with his dad, watching his dad, Philip, 
transform Macedonia into the military power on the Greek peninsula and winning throughout the Balkans, which is you have Greece, the little bit between like Greece and Turkey, Balkans. Uh, at age 12, at age 12, uh, he was, he proved his equestrian skill to everyone when he tamed, oh God, Bukophilus? Um, Bukophilus? Five stars. Just <laughs> absolutely perfect pronunciation. Great work. I try. None of the Greeks are rolling in their grave right now. Just, you nailed it. They're all trying to use Zeus to like <laughs> smite me right now. Just so many snakes are going to be in your bed tonight. Dear God, no. Please, no. Which again, sounds like a euphemism. Does sound like a euphemism. Um, so this unruly stallion, stallion, um, uh, which had, I love the, I got some information from like, uh, the history of Macedonia.org. So I'm assuming they're pro Macedonia. So it's a little propagandist. What do you mean? That sounds 100% legit. No, wait for it. Um, unable to be ridden and devouring the flesh of all who tried. So you're telling me, hold up, no, that this horse is just eating people and didn't get killed after eating its first person. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> That's not a thing. Not even in ancient Greece is that a thing. I just want this to like, be a horror movie now. It already is. <laughs> it's this a horse that eats people. Like, it is already a horror movie. No, there's like so there's gonna be like it's gonna be called Backla blah blah blah, whatever the horse's name is, because I really from what you told me, I have no idea how you even would spell that. And it's just uh, gonna be called Backla blah blah, blah the horse that eats people. Phallus? Okay, well th- from now on in my head and in my heart, which is more important, it's gonna be Backla <laughs> blah blah, the horse that eats people. <laughs> really? Bucephalus? <laughs> no. Are you for real? Yeah. Oh my god. Bucephalus? Is that how you think it's said? Yes. <laughs> say that for real i can't with you right now oh my god i was thinking that it was like b-a-c-l of some sort because you were like don't die or i'm gonna have to send i laughed so hard that i started coughing i'm gonna send you cephalus over there if you die he's gonna eat you and then tell you how to pronounce his name Okay. All right. Bucephalus, the horse that eats people. I hope you know if I die, Socks is down here, so he'll probably eat me first. And then I'm gonna call him Bucephalus. He'll be all okay. So going back to Plutarch, he wrote of the occasion, Philip and his friends looked on at first in silence and anxiety for results, because I believe Alexander's like his only son at this time, till seeing him turn at the end of his career and come back rejoicing and triumphing for what he had performed. They all burst out into acclamations of applause and his father shedding tears, it is said, for joy kissed him as he came down from his horse and in transport said, oh my son, oh my son, look thee out a kingdom equal to and worthy of thyself for Macedonia is too little for thee. I like that he speaks like a Pennsylvania Dutch Quaker. Oh my god. I like that. That's a nice touch. We're just King James and it up over here. Seek thee out a kingdom. Um, let's not <laughs> lie. This is earlier than that shit. I am well aware of that. <laughs> Don't you worry. So when Alexander was 13, Philip tied- hired the Greek philosopher Aristotle to be Alexander's personal tutor like it was no big deal. He was like, oh, this dude? All right, fine. Like looking at his resume going, Psh, whatever, I guess you'll, you'll do. One of the top philosophers in all of Greece, I guess you'll do. Okay, but think no, they how won't. philosophers are treated now. And then tell me it was better back in the day. Probably not. It was. I don't no, know. It was. it was. Was he already a great philosopher at that point? Or was this like his before gig? No, he was. Uh, basically, because 
this is past the point of like Greece's height. And now Macedonians are like trying to be like, we're just as good as the Greeks. So he wanted to train his son to be like, gotcha, have all the Greek knowledge. And so for three years, Aristotle gives Alexander training in rhetoric, literature, and encouraged interest in the science, medicine, philosophy. So basically a well-rounded education for the time. And we see that Aristotle and Alexander are lifelong friends. So that's good. Um, Then in 340, Philip assembled a large Macedonian army and invaded Thrace. And there will be maps and stuff like that up on our Facebook page. So take a look because I'm going to be naming a hell of a lot of places. And guess who he left in charge of Macedonia? 16-year-old Alexander. Makes Um, sense. Good leadership decisions. Well, it proves that he trusted Alexander with the kingdom and he's proved himself capable to rule. Plus, it's like a test because if he fucks up, his dad has a giant ass army to come back and be like, bitch, what I tell you? I know, but like, don't break this. Why 16? You couldn't wait a couple more years. Like, think of yourself as 16 and then imagine ruling a kingdom or part of it. I think I could do it. I'd already saved a couple lives at 16. Well, yeah, but you're not the normal. Like, you were an abnormally responsible person, so that was probably a bad choice for that metaphor. (laughs) But okay, think of, well, you didn't know me at 16. I'm thinking of me at 16, and it's not a great idea. Like, no. I'll think of my brother at six. At, at, yes. At six. Yes. Think of your brother at 16. There you go. He threw an aerosol can into a fire. That's the one you want leading your kingdom. Probably not. We thought a bomb went off. <laughs> I like that you just casually throw that out. Like, he threw an aerosol can into a fire. <laughs> he did. It was terrifying. We really thought there was a bomb that went off outside our house. Do you know what's funny? I completely believe that to be 100% factually accurate that he did that. Like, yeah, that lines up. <laughs> and it was pretty like the fire pit at that point was pretty close to our house it was by our garage wait he did it at your so house wait, yeah that's some shit you do at a friend's house that you don't get invited back to no he did it i i think my dad beat his ass which he probably deserved at that point realistically that's what time like, I mean, where i believe corporal punishment yeah that's fair you could kill us all yeah i, I, I like be okay. I, I think he beat his ass in front of his friends <laughs> again the macedonian army and philip leave and go to invade thrace uh but everyone sees the army going by. They're like, bye, good luck killing everyone in Thrace. And there's a Thracian tribe of Medici. It kind of looks like Medici, but without C's and an A and an E. <laughs> so not at all? No, it does. Let me send it to you. No. I do not speak Italian. I mean, it doesn't really look like Medici. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> it does to me. Uh, okay. I'm not even going to. These not Medici tribes, Thracian tribes, revolt. And basically threaten Macedonia. Alexander's like, bitch, no. Gets an army, takes down the rebels, and defeated them. Captured their stronghold. And then what seems to be a theme in his life, names it after himself. Ashley, would you like to guess how he named it after himself? Is it Alexandria? No, that's later. Well, then, I I don't know. Alexandropolis. Alexandropolis. I mean, (laughs) it's not a whole lot better. But for a first try, I'll get up for up. For a first draft, that's not awful. Yeah. <laughs> Two years later, so remember, we're counting down. So we're going to year zero at this point. So it's 338 BC. Philip goes, hey, Alex, you've been doing a great job. So why don't you take a commanding post among senior generals when the Macedonian army invades Greece? And Alex is like, sweet dad, thanks. Direct quote. <laughs> yes. And this is where Alexander pretty much takes on um starts to take on this mythic status at the battle of oh get ready for it charania charania the greeks uh were defeated by the macedonians and 
Alexander's bravery was displayed when he destroyed the elite Greek force, the Theban sacred band. So he was basically like, bye, bitch. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. I hope you know I'm picturing him as your brother now. <laughs> it's just, this is getting <laughs> weird. I... <laughs> Ancient uh, historians have recorded that the Macedonians won the battle thanks to Alexander's bravery. So, like, if he didn't destroy the Thebians, then uh, the Macedonians probably wouldn't have won. And on to family drama, because Alexander needs to become king king somehow. So, not too long after this victory for the Macedonians, the royal family kind of has internal uh, fracturing. Because Philip married Cleopatra, a Macedonian girl of high nobility. So daddy wanted another wife. Is it wife. that Cleopatra or is it a different one? No. The Cleopatra is of uh, Macedonian Greek ancestry because she is of the uh, Ptolemaic dynasty, which are the like the, after Alexander gets everything and dies, his successors basically divided up the kingdom into several different components and the Ptolemies took over Egypt. And so that's where Cleopatra's so, from. Is she the one with Mark Anthony or Mark Anthony? Yeah, that Not one. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony is the singer. Sorry. <laughs> I'm always picturing Mark I Anthony know. as Mark, Mark Anthony. Anthony. I know. I'm the same way. I'm like, I know it's wrong, but I can't not do it. But that's like, it's uh, 300 years later. So. Okay. All right. Or like, at least a couple hundred years later. I can't remember. So the short answer is, to no, my question. Not- no. Different nope. girl. Okay. Different Cleopatra. Um. So at the wedding banquet. This is where some drama goes down. Cleopatra's uncle, General Attalus, made a remark about Philip fathering a legitimate heir, a.k.a. one that was pure Macedonian blood, basically saying that Alexander is a mutt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Alexander's response to this is real fucking mature. He threw his cup at the man and blasted him for calling him the bastard child. I mean, I can't say that I would do any different, though. Like, up to that point, the only people who've contested his parentage are his own parents, and his dad's like, I'm pretty sure she fucked that snake. So, like, that's not that legitimate (laughs) of a contesting of paternity. Like... I really want our title to be I'm pretty sure she fucked that snake, but I don't don't think think I choose to smile on that one. We just call it the snake. You think that'll be subtle enough? <laughs> snakes, snakes in her bed. little snake. After Alexander really reenacts, uh, real preemptively reenacts Real Housewives of New Jersey meetings. Yes! Did he flip the table too? <laughs> no, he didn't. Because they don't have tables. Well, fuck me then. My Ignore bad. Slut. Jesus. <laughs> Ignore my SNL quote right there. <laughs> no, I will not. Um, Philip stands up all dramatically off of his eating couch because that's what they did. So they have eating couches but not tables. Well, they have like, it's like coffee tables and all your foods are on like coffee tables and then you have a plate next to you. I'm sorry. That's still a table. They had tables. But they, they don't have like, I thought, you, they don't have like dining tables. I wasn't tables, picturing like, a dining room table. It was just, anyway, all right. <laughs> we're st- I'm still, I'm cutting this part but- out, so. Um, uh, drew his sword, charged at Alexander, only to trip and fall on his face in a drunken stupor. <laughs> <laughs> been there actually i haven't been there but i know people who have yeah you're welcome <laughs> um at which alexander shouted here is the man who was making ready to cross from europe to asia and why did i go scottish i don't know but i dig it okay i'm just making alexander scottish then you can take my lad but you can never take my freedom, freedom. <laughs> Oh my god. There's no alcohol even involved this time. Here is a man who was once making ready to cross from Europe to Asia and who cannot even cross from one table to another without losing his balance. He then took his mother and fled to the country of Iparis. Although he was allowed to return later, 
uh, Alexander basically is that moody, isolated kid at the Macedonian court. Edge lord. Then, in the spring of 336, Philip's Persian army is getting, Persian invasion is getting ready to go, and the king was assassinated by a young Macedonian noble, get ready for this, Hosananis Ennis, during a wedding ceremony in Aegee, the old capital of Macedonia. Um, No one really knows why he did it, but it's, you know, puzzles everyone. They're all like, hmm, so let's go through the option. Uh, He was driven to do it because he was denied the justice by the king when he saw it. Uh, the king's support for punishing Cleopatra's uncle Attalus for earlier mistreatment. And then there's also reports that Olympus and Alexander were responsible for the assassination, uh, which is kind of backed up because Pausanias was instantly put to death by Alexander's close friends as he attempted to flee instead of being captured and tried before the Macedonian assembly. So Alexander becomes king. And I deleted the age he became king at. He becomes king at 20. So he's already more accomplished than me. (laughs) I can't even right now. Stop that. Okay, so he gets to the throne. He does what all good kings do. Kill all domestic enemies by ordering their execution. You know. And and then he had to go deal with the series of rebellion among the conquered nations in the Illyrians, Thracians, and Greeks who were like, Philip's dead. Fuck yeah. Freedom! Again, direct quote. <laughs> it's the Greeks. They're always screaming freedom at this point. Um, however, Alexander's like, bitch, please. I'm just putting a bunch of direct quotes into his mouth. And he fought his way into Greece. I'm going to just assume 300 style, even though that's not correct. Um, Maybe that's why you were picturing him as Scottish, was because you're thinking Gerard Butler. Yeah, but no, not really. Um, I wish. I love Gerard Butler. Uh, he, Even though the roads uh, were being blocked by Thessalians. Man, I can pronounce Balkan names, but I cannot pronounce Greek names. And Ashley, if you would like the third picture, the next picture is the map of how much Philip had conquered at the time of his death, aka a shit ton. So that's a lot. That's a lot of red. Yeah, yeah, it's very red. Um, so he basically establishes, reestablishes Macedonian rule in northern Greece, and that's when he goes into the south. And basically, the Southern Greeks, which if anyone has ever studied this, they take a while to decide on things. Um, and he surprised them because he got there so quick. He was like, ha, you didn't think you'd see me this fast. And basically, they had to be like, shit, we're not prepared. Yeah, you're you're going to rule us. Okay, please don't flatten all the cities. Okay, thanks. Um, and he really cements his uh, rule over Greece by convening the Hellenic League, which is basically all of Greece gets together and they can determine, like, if we're going to war and make big decisions, kind of stemming from, like, the Persian invasions that had happened in previous generations. A.K.A. really when 300 happened. And he becomes the leader of the Panhellenic War. I just love... Now you know I'm thinking of, like, the sorority, the Panhellenic Council. But they're yeah. voting to, like, attack other sororities, or, like, other school sororities yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Another great movie. Yes. We're just... We're on a roll today. Just snapping them out. You're welcome, Hollywood. Checking them out. Please give us some money. We would like some money. Like, we, we'll accept minimal amount, like, a, a small amount of money for that idea. We'll even sketch it out for you. Like, we'll do some work. Let's not promise here. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Okay, I'll do some of the work. <laughs> okay, so um, he gets them to vote to destroy thieves. So there's a siege and ensla- enslavement. They basically flatten the city. Um, and then... They siege and then get clemency for Athens because it's like the cultural jewel of Greece. You know, that shit. So Alexander then determines, okay, I've 
thoroughly beaten these guys into submission. I'm going to go to Macedonia, make sure Thrace is down, and he gets he get, campaigns as far as the Danube River. Danube River. So, you know, up near Germany now. He's traveling all over, having a great time. He wins a defeats a bunch of tribes and all of that, but he has to go back into Macedonia and cr- and then crush um, in a single week uh, the rebellion by the Illyrians, basically because they were rebelling again. AKA, at this time, the Greek uh, peninsula loves to rebel against whoever's ruling them because they're like, we ruled ourselves so well. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, you did. Sure, cool. Um, but there was rumors that Alexander had been killed in a battle and again, Greece rebelled. It's like a drinking game through this period of history. If they say Greece rebelled, just just finish your drink. That way you're sobered up by the next time they rebel in like maybe five years. Alexander pissed as hell. Uh, marches south covering 240 miles in two weeks, which is hella fast. <laughs> and he's at the wall of like the Theban of uh, Thebes. Oh, I preemptively destroyed Thebes. Whatever. This is when he destroys Thebes. So he shows up at their walls and like, hey, bitch, you thought you lost me? Um, and he basically lets them know like, it's not too late. Like, stop rebelling and I won't destroy your cities. And at that point, they might actually fucking destroy cities, you know, just to because then people will scatter and you displace all the troublemakers. So basically, Thebes is like, no, all the other Grecians will come to our aid. It's fine. We'll hold out. And uh, basically, the Athenians and the other Peloponnesians, aka mainland Greece, uh, were like, shit. Alexander. Um, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see how this turns out. He seems pretty. Just good. imagine them going him again. Really, it's like most of the world they hear about him, and then he comes here like, fuck, we didn't think he was going to come here. Um, and significantly because Philip had been held hostage there for three years during his youth, um, and Thebes didn't turn out like surrender. Uh, Alexander goes, nope, plundered, sacked, burned, raced to the ground, Thebes. Um, just like his dad had done to other Greek cities. So you know. Hereditary. The only places he... I'm just imagining him stacking Thebes going, I learned it from watching you! Dad, aren't you so proud of me? Um, the only places he did not destroy were the temples and the house of the poet Pindar, because he loves cultural shit. Yep. This is where his um, Aristotle training comes in. He just loves the cultural stuff. Great, he loves to learn. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a big fan of the theater. You know, it's fine. I love poets. They're great. You don't want to burn down temples because then you piss off the gods and then you're really fucked. Especially if your dad was a snake. Um, <laughs> okay, so he's like, I'm going to go conquer Persia like my dad was going to do before he got super drunk and embarrassed himself and then fell into a knife. Um, Did he really say he fell onto a knife? Really? <laughs> okay. Uh, that was what me. Was say? <laughs> I will say, I will quote who I'm saying if I'm going to okay. quote someone. Right, Come fine. on. The historian in me always cites my sources. So, fun fact, in his army, he had a staff of historians, geographers, astronomers, zoologists, and philosophers. So he's going to learn some shit as he conquers everything. Um, and he was very smart. So he appointed uh, Philip's experienced general, Antipater, as regent in his uh, absence to pre- preside over Macedonia and Greece. So basically, he's like, I'm putting someone experienced as fuck in that place because I don't want to lose, like, Macedonia while I'm out conquering everything. <laughs> I just love this. This is from my class notes. And I'm assuming my uh, professor said this. He, he was on a quest for revenge against Persia, wealth and knowledge. And it was also a way to confirm Hellenic superiority because Macedonia believed they were Hellenic. The, the rest of Greece did not. They're like, no, you're barbarians. And they're like, bitch, please, we conquered you umpteenth time. So let's get into his uh, conquering of Asia Minor. So Alexander took over Troy in 
uh, at the Battle of Granicus. Granicus. So they land in uh, 334, and they encounter the forces of King Darius III, the Persian king. So the Persian Empire is really set up kind of like the Ottoman Empire was. I think more people are familiar with that, where it's a loosely constructed federal system where the federal government, as long as you pay up, that you can kind of like at a local level, you can keep your customs and all of that. You just got to pay. And they encounter an army of 40,000 waiting for them at the river near the city, ancient city of Troy, where that horrible, horrible movie was based on can't um so this is not just like the persians it's also uh greeks because they um they were pissed off at the macedonians after philip defeated the greek army at chernia so a lot of this is just greek city state like peninsula politics however the macedonians defeated the persians and the army fled just picture the monty python run away run away um but some of the Greeks held their ground uh, f- who were fighting for the Persian and ultimately ended up destroyed. Uh, the 2,000 survivors, though, were sent to uh, to be slaves in Macedonia. So, you know, I mean, that's not getting some labor. Not back. a lot of survivors, first of all. And second of all, what the actual fuck, dude? Really? Yeah. Out of 18,000 18, Greeks perished and 2,000 uh, survivors were sent away. Okay, I said I said there's gonna be death in this, but it's just gonna it's more gonna be funny talking about Alexander. There's a lot of death, but we're not gonna talk about it. Okay, then the next battle is Milus Milus Miletus Polycarnassus, which is um with the Phoenician uh city states and navy with the Greek command commander Menonum 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 um Menonum because the I'm sorry. I, I, you know me well enough to know I can't resist that reference. Yeah. Um, so these, this is a culmination of Greek coastal cities on Asia Minor that were like former colonies that are giving resistance. So Menomena and his men were trying to slow down Alexander's advance um, and make basically make it as difficult as possible as they sieged the Greek cities of Halicarnassus, Miletus, and Melassa. But uh, yeah. Alexander left and just kept going as he won all those cities. Then we have Pamphylia, Lycia, and Gordium, where we see Alexander defeat the mythical Gordian knot. Basically, the legend says the man who could untie the ancient knot was destined to rule the world, the entire world. Um, But pretty much up to that point, no one had succeeded in unraveling the knot. But what does Alexander do? Like the badass he is, he just slashes it with the sword and it unravels. Had no one really thought of that yet? Really? Maybe they thought it wasn't that simple. You know, when you overthink things, you're like, how are we going to untie this knot? And Alexander's like, like, huh, untie. Let me just cut through it. It's fine. You know. So then we're going to deal with Alexander taking over the Levant uh, from 333 to 332. Um, We have the famous Battle of Issus, where they encounter the Persian forces under the command of King Darius III, again, the Persian king. And this time he's actually in charge of them. So this is in northwestern Syria now. It's a small mountain pass. So we have 30,000 Greek with... uh, who are the addition to Darius's army and against the Macedonian phalanx. It ends with a victory for Alexander. So again, he's outnumbered, but he wins. And King Darius fled, um, abandoning his mother, his wife, and his children. He sounds awesome. Yeah, I kind of think that this is, um, I don't think he would abandon his children. I think this is a little bit of like Greek writing their history, how they like, like history is written by the victors kind of situation, because it said Alexander treated them with respect out of consideration for their royalty. Fuck no, those are all rivals for the Persian throne for with him. So, okay. Then Alexander continues on 
Um, we're going to see to Damascus and Gaza. We have um, him traveling through Syria and Phoenicia after the victory at Isis. Isis. Um, and then in early 332, um, he sends his general Parmeno to o- occupy Sy- Syrian cities. And he marches down the Phoenician coast where basically cities are like, yeah, we're surrender. We'll surrender. It's fine. We'll surrender. All except for this uh, island city of Tyre, which refused to ent- grant him access to access la, 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 access to the sacrifice uh, to sacrifice at the temple of the native Phoenician god Melkart. So he sieged the city for seven months, and basically once the sea like once the Macedonians got through the wall, they were like, "Fuck no, I'm mad," and they uh, killed a bunch of people, pillaged, pl- like plunder all the things you know that you do and they sold 30,000 people as slaves and then alexander goes to the and alexander goes to the temple and makes his sacrifice that's all he wanted to do was just sacrifice in the freaking temple you need a siege for seven months though they probably made a shit ton of money on slaves um well and like if you think about it you're besieging a city you're starving the people out and then the people who managed to survive that you're selling into slavery and then you're also like hey let me co-opt your god for a second like no i wouldn't have let him either that's some bullshit right there anyway sorry yeah. I have some thoughts on that, apparently. <laughs> um, so then this is, he goes towards Egypt, where Gaza again says, uh, fuck no, direct quote from the city leaders. And the Macedonians lay siege for two months and basically repeat situation of Tyre. At this point, Alexander owns all of the eastern Mediterranean coast. He got a lot of shit. Um, so he enters Egypt at the beginning of uh, 331. And this is where things get fun. Um, the, basically, the Persian setup, who Persia ruled Egypt because it was a grain belt, you had got cotton from there, they had a lot of good resources. Um, and the Egyptians welcomed Alexander as a liberator, because they had been under Persian rule for two centuries. Uh, so this is when Alexander orders that a city be designed and founded in his name at the mouth of the River Nile for a trading and military Macedonian outpost. That's where we see Alexandria. That is still there today. It's fun. Look up on the map how many, like, Alexandrias there are. There's a fuck ton that's an official unit. So he never, like, sees it completed. But it'll be a giant economic and cultural center of the Mediterranean. I think it still is. But this is where we go back to the his mom either having her womb struck by lightning or sleeping with a snake. Alexander travels to the Suya Oasis um, and goes to the Oracle of Zeus, or, um, as the Egyptians knew him, Amun-Ra, the Egyptian god of the sun. And basically, um, at this point, the Oracle says, Hey, no, you're the son of Goose. Of Zeus. You're the son of Goose. That's it. That's the title, Son of Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, sorry. No, it is. No, nope, that's not the title. <laughs> I'm editing. It will always be so "Son of know. Goose" in my heart. Um, it can be "Son of Zeus." No, nope. Goose but. or nothing. Okay. Uh, and so his name is Zeus Amanam. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you so you can try to say it. Zeus Amon Amon. Manamana sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> to the entire nation of Zeus of Greece. Sorry. No, that's 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 Egyptian. So Egypt, also, we're sorry. Yes. Just everyone. We're sorry. We're sorry. Everyone, we're sorry. Okay, so, and it's like a 50-50 of people believe him or not. Some people are like, fuck no. Other people are like, if that's what you need to do to, like, rule, cool. <coughs> so then he goes back to Mesopotamia because he's like, I want to go east. Um, 
and see what's over there, you know. And uh, he goes back to Tyre. He receives reinforcements from Europe, reorganizes his forces, and starts to go for Babylon. Then he meets up with Darius again at the Battle of Ganjamela. Ganjamela. I'm going to send it to you. Ashley, tell me how to say this. Ganjamela? Ganjamela? It doesn't look like a real. I don't know, yeah. Ganjamela. No, it doesn't look real. Well, technically no words are real. We're all just, it's all a construct. But <laughs> yeah. All fake. It's all fake. Okay, so Darius again has a bigger army. This is just like basically saying Alexander can do it with a smaller dick. Like, I um, see your force is as big as mine. Just like a complete riff on uh, Spaceballs. What? I've never seen oh it. It's like a it's a satire of like Star Wars. It's so funny. It's Mel Brooks. You need to watch it. It has John Candy in it. It's so funny. Instead of Jabba the Hutt, it's Pizza the Hutt. That should be the selling point right there. I'm not going to lie. During the battle, it seemed like uh, they were going to lose, but Alexander's cavalry rode directly at Darius and forced Darius to flee for his life, like he did at Issus. Basically, he's running away. Run away! Um, To, oh, get ready for this one. This was Ekabana Batana in Medina. Sounds legit. So, yeah, so just in Medina. Um... Okay, uh, Alexander then gets to occupy Babylon, the imperial capital of Susa, and the Persian capital of uh, Persepolis, and basically gets the title King of Asia. And apparently in Persepolis, oh wait, here we go, um, He they said he burned it down as like the end of the Persian Empire, but there's also rumors that he just got really fucking drunk. Because, mind you, throughout this whole thing, they're drinking heavily and partying a lot. And so basically the, the kind of rumor is he got really drunk and burned it down and then afterwards just kind of covered his ass. Like, I meant to do that. Well, it seems sort of in line with the sort of leadership we have today. So, you know, just, just have... I'm just going to set this fire and come back to and, it later. Yep, meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he just got drunk and thought it was a great... Like, they were all like, this would be a great idea. You know when you get a group of drunk people together and like you like it's like we should get pizza and everyone's like yeah pizza yeah pizza pizza sounds Except good in this case, it sounds it good was like let's just and so like, burn this whole city to the ground fuck them and everyone was like yup yeah except for it was a palace well, you know so. what I'm, clearly I wasn't listening that well my apologies <laughs> let's burn some expensive ass shit okay so in order to win over his new Persian people he appoints many Persians as provincial emperors in his new empire he does this he kind of he kind of blends like he makes uh, macedonian soldiers marry persians like kind of blending so they the, he helps the empire hold together that way like get everyone kind of all becoming one so that way they all have investment in this empire he also begins to adopt persian dress for ceremonies uh gave uh gets persians to be enlisted in the army and encourages yeah like i said Ma- macedonians to marry persian women uh yeah this is pisses off a bunch of the macedonians they're like they like his orientalization um was just like no you're acting like a persian we make fun of persians for not being as strong as our macedonian culture and heritage and language um and this begins some conflicts within his own house and leads to series of allegations uh that some of his officers were plotting to murder him because mind you they've been away from home for a very very long time at this point um he's left it's at least four plus years and they've traveled really far, so they're just, like, tired and want to go home. Uh, so to figure out who's trying to kill him, he tortured and executed the accused leader of the conspiracy, his general's son, um, Philotas, and who was the commander of the cavalry. They also executed several other officers, according to their law, and it, um, to prevent anyone from killing Alexander. Now we're going to get to another Alexander drinking story. He uh, killed 
Cleitus, another Macedonian noble in a drunken brawl. So basically the whole Macedonian court was known for the tradition of heavy drinking. Like that's their court tradition. Um, so basically on the day that he died, Cleitus uh, publicly denounced the king about the like about the murders of Parmo and Philetus, basically for killing people who he thought were trying to kill him. And he makes fun of Alexander for claiming to be the son of Amon, Amama, um, and for denouncing his own father, Philip II. So basically he's like, you're not the son of Zeus. We all know it. Why are you dishing on your dad? Your dad was pretty great for us. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Who the fuck do you think you are? Pretty solid choice of dying words, though. <laughs> Alexander, right? Alexander, pissed in both sense of the word, um, snapped. He grabbed the spear from his butt. Bo- a spear from the bodyguard near him and ran Clytus through it. So um, <laughs> he sobered up the next day, realized he killed his friend um, and tried to commit suicide when he realized what he had did, done. You know, he's like, fuck, I killed my best friend. We were all a bit drunk. Like, I shouldn't have done that. And basically everyone else around him was like, he's getting hella paranoid and his, ta- his temper is out of control. Um, so then they make it to the Caspian Sea. They're just chugging along. And I've skipped it. They've conquered a bunch of other cities and stuff. But here is where, um, in like Parthia, Hyacinia, uh, and Bactria, he comes across the Roxanne, the daughter of Oxartes of Bulk. Um, and he marries her because he's like, I like it. I'm going to put a ring on it. Sox also likes her name. He just meowed in my face. Um, so, I mean, this, this marriage doesn't really please a lot of the Macedonians, but they understand. And he continues to name cities after himself. I could comment on the Oxus, uh, Alexandria Ashtate. So it's either along the lines that he's the son of Amun Ra, like um, um, Amun, or just Alexandria, and then he puts like where it is, Ashtate. He makes it to India. They invade Punjab, and we see his greatest battle in India on the river Hydaspes against King Porus, who was one of the most powerful Indian rulers at the time. So they cross. This is in. Uh, 326. Alexander's army crosses uh, the defended river during a thunderstorm. Again, I think this is a little propagandistic, the places I got my information. To meet Porus's force, they fought um, really fierce battle. They kind of were pretty equal. But the craziest thing is, uh, for the Macedonians, is the Indian force, like Porus's forces, fought with elephants. And they were like, what the fuck is this? How the fuck do we fight this? You know? And the Macedonians end up victorious. They figured out how to defeat elephants. And Horus was captured, and Alexander continues his tradition of allowing him to continue to rule his his territory. So Horus just has to give tribute and pay homage to Alexander, which is good because, you know, it allows for people to continue the same systems. They just have to give Alexander money and understand that there's a higher up now than their king. Alexander continues because he wants to get to the Ganges. He's like, I want to see what this shit is. Keep going. Well, the army keeps going as far as the river Hydaspes, which is um, a tributary of the Ganges, and they were like, fuck no, Alexander, we've gone far enough. We're tired. We just want to go home. You're getting ridiculous. Um, because they keep hearing that there's larger armies ahead with more elephants and chariots and, you know, all that shit. So one of his generals spoke to Alexander and he was like, okay, we won't go any farther than here. But they, traveling back, they take a different path. They travel along the river and they stop in a village belonging to the Mali, who were one of the more warlike of the Indian tribes. So they're fighting um, against the Mali. And this is where Alexander gets severely wounded. He has an arrow pierce his breastplate and his ribcage. A little bit fucked. His men rescue him and they escape from the village. But the Mali surrender to Alexander and 
he's given time to recover from his really, really bad wound. You know, arrow piercing chest, not not a good wound to have. And they reached the mouth of the Indus River in the summer of uh, 325 BC. So basically, they they got as far as they would go, and then they took this they took the Indus River down to they wanted to get to uh, they wanted to see the ocean, and they decide, okay, let's go back to Persia. At least we're closer, you know, to Macedonia. Because a lot of the men have been traveling about 10 years now. They just want to go the fuck home. They miss Macedonia. So they return to Babylon in 324. And in this time, Alexander's wife, Roxanne, gave birth to a child. But there's a reason you've never heard of his child. Or Rox. So there's unrest throughout his empire because, you know, he's been traveling around a lot. And it's kind of like absent king, absent imperial forces, absent army. You're like, well, he wasn't that tough. We could revolt. Um, so when he returns to uh, Susa, he hosts Babylon. He hosts a great victory celebration for reaching like uh, the Indus and reaching as far as he did in India. He and his clo- uh, 80 of his closest associates marry Persian noblewomen. Basically, again, fusing together the two different regions so that way his empire will stay. Uh, he also legitimized previous marriage, like the so-called marriages, unofficial marriage between soldiers and native women and gave them great wedding gifts, like like probably money and good stuff. So that way they're like, hey, continue this union. Uh, he's planning another Arabian camp, another Arabian campaign when he gets a high fever after attending a private party at his friend Medeus of Larsa's. So what this doesn't say is basically they were drinking neat wine. So they're drinking really strong wine. And he probably got, he probably was like, his immune system was down or whatever, but he got really drunk. I think about it, your body can only take that heavy of drinking for so long. But according to legend and re- like what people wrote down, as soon as he drank from the cup, he shrieked aloud as if smitten by a violent blow. Basically, was it poisoned? Was it not? Was it bad? Could have, the wine could have gone bad. Who knows? Um, basically, he has a really bad fever until the point he's so weak he can't move or speak. And he finally succumbs on June 7th, uh, 323 BC at 33 years old. So basically, he, he ruled for 13 years. But in that 13 years, he conquered a hell of a lot. If you want to keep looking through the pictures, Ashley. There's he did like, all of that in 13 years? Some more of his... Wow. Life. Okay, so now yep. I feel unaccomplished what was busy? the 20 year old thing that didn't bother me that much but like right yikes yeah so he conquered basically most of what is now turkey um on this map will be up on the facebook page so you should check it out he has a decent chunk of egypt which includes all along the nile so sometimes he wouldn't always go places he sent his men to like make sure that like they had control all along the mediterranean coast um basically from the indus river down over uh west from india like it's insane how much he conquered and why i said we don't know about his son his son died if you're an infant ruler and an infant ruler of an empire that you're not that large you're not well no the chances of you getting smothered in your sleep are very high so um and roxanne fades out of history i believe she was also murdered like they both died and alexander's like top generals divide um up his kingdom so you see like mass macedonia holds apart there's i think four or five different kingdoms that become part of this and they last until rome so that is the life of alexander the great um this is a reminder based on his life don't drink too much you might burn down a temple you might kill your friend or you might kill yourself things to aim for in life Mm -mm. no that was very informative Look at you with all your research and stuff. You went to a museum. Legit books and shit. You know what I do for research? Google. <laughs> well, I already oh, had some of the notes because I took a class on the Hel- Hellenic Age. So it's just my background knowledge. Um, you know me. I love my sources. 
And I thought, I said this would be cheerier. You know, he kills a guy while he's blacked out drunk. I mean, at least feels the remorse really is there. That's what, that's, he burns. that's a step up from the last few. <laughs> I'm really confused that. by elephants. Just what is this monster? There's like... I just imagine it's like Samwise Ganji in Lord of the Rings being like, at first not really using what it right. was, and then he's like, elephants. Oh, this week is, sorry. Okay, so this week our promo is for Brodet Nation. So if you love hearing about strong, independent, amazing, inspirational women, I suggest you go over and listen. They're awesome. And what else? they're just awesome. She's just awesome. And I mean, I was listening to an episode that they were recording at an active military what? base, like in the Middle East. What's, What's not cooler than that? So here's their promo. Hey, it's Natasha Turney from the Brodet Nation podcast, where I interview everyday women who own their stories. I've talked to military veterans, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, fitness gurus, single ladies, and many more. My goal is to talk to as many different women as I can on issues that are important to their story and hopefully yours too. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Brodet Nation. For more information, visit my website, www.brodetnation.com. Ashley, thank you for having the shortest episode we've had so far last week. It wasn't intentional. Just there's only so much you could say about a lady poisoning a bunch of her children without wanting to like poison yourself. And there's like so, no evidence yeah. on it. So. Well, I mean, there was, but not until after they dug up the bodies. And at that point, there was really only the one that still had the arsenic. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for listening to the Cult of Domesticity. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, Chorus, Spotify, and Podbean. If we are not on your preferred app, please let us know so we can fix that even though you're listening to us now. So <laughs> retroactively let us know. Um, Sorry. Remember to, remember to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes um, or really on any of your listening services to help spread the word. We appreciate it. And we'll start reading thank yous to the people who have reviewed us. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Domestic Podcast and at The Cult of Domesticity on Instagram to get the episode tip-off, recipe of the week, and additional information about the week's topics. If you'd like to suggest a recipe or topic, you can email us at domesticpodcast at gmail.com. High five! High five!